22-year absence, the Boston Celtics are NBA champions once again. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Seven seconds. They got Benetarian range. I'll tell you, what Tom Brady just did gives me goosebumps. Wide again for Tierney. Tierney's cross. Lucic, top of the circle, Horton, the drive, score! The Bruins knock out Montreal! Welcome to another edition of the Boston Sports Extra podcast. My name is Justin Gonzalez. Alongside here with me today is Kyle Porchy. Kyle, I know your your last name isn't really Porchy, but we discussed that. I just actually just yeah, learned yeah. that the other day that your last name is Porch, <laughs> yeah. but I'm I'm changing it by default to Porchy now. So don't worry, it sounds a lot better. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I'm here with Gabrielle Starr, the uh, the star of po- the podcast two episodes ago. That is the corniest joke of the day. So uh, congratulations to me. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing Hi. today? Not bad, not bad. How you doing, Justin? Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing. So uh, we got some stuff to talk about today with the Red Sox, as per usual. Um, so let's get right into it, guys. So uh, I was I was in the middle of taking notes for the uh, the the Braves recap today. Uh, today we're recording on a Wednesday, September fifth, and uh, they uh, uh, the they took the series two to one. That's what my notes say. But you know, obviously, I jumped the gun a little bit. They swept. <laughs> They swept the series because I am a dumbass and I wrote this. I started these notes before they finished this, this game. Uh, amazing comeback. Uh, they, uh, they, what, how many runs did they have in the eighth inning? Six? Six, Six runs. Six runs. It, and then a two run blast by Hero. That dude. That dude, BP. Don't My sleep. God. Don't sleep. Don't eat. Just watch BP. That's, and that's watch that seven year old that no one else wanted. Yeah, that that's my little haiku right there. Um, <laughs> uh, right. So I wanna I wanna jump into right away. Uh, Drew Pomeranz, I was a hundred percent wrong about Drew Pomeranz on the last episode. Uh, I said that we should give him a chance. I say don't ship him to the sun just yet. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna hand up, hand up my. Uh, Cold, cold take, old takes exposed myself. Okay. Uh, that was just, you know, horrible on my part. Um, I hate to lead off with that, but I kind of wanted to get that off my chest. Um, he's j- detrimental to this team almost to the point where it's like he is against the team. And every time that he goes out, every time that he goes out to pitch, he it's just like he is, we're not getting anywhere with him. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, well, but did you see me say that today on Twitter? I was like, I feel like he might yeah, actually yeah. be MLB's way of keeping the Red Sox from breaking the Mariners' single-season win record because, honestly, he has maybe one productive game the entire season Yeah. to the point where my grandmother will no longer watch games <laughs> when he comes into pitch because she thinks that he's going to kill her. What's your grandma's name? Her name's Florence. Florence. <laughs> And I called her today, and I was like, so? And she goes, it was terrible. And I said, turned it off. And she goes, of course. (laughs) Drew Pomerantz came on to pitch, and I can't. She literally said, I can't handle that. 
So I got to be the one to break the good news. But at the same time, I would really appreciate it if the Red Sox didn't keep risking my one grandparent's life. That would be really nice. Like, honestly, just. Well, I think we can all agree here. Instead of just sending Drew Pomerantz to the sun, this time we're making him pay for the goddamn ticket. Mm. I mean, he was always going to. Yeah. I mean, you know what? At this point, I think I think uh, John Henry is just going to pay for it uh, for us. But. Florence, please don't worry yourself. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think that uh, Drew Pomeranz is going to uh, be doing a whole lot more with this team after tonight's showing or today's showing, this afternoon's showing, however you want to say it. Um, so, you know, w- <laughs> Florence, don't worry, please, for me, okay? Um, it's just really funny because, like, yeah, clearly today, like you saw, starting with today's lineup, it was clearly like such a weird, like almost felt like a throwaway day from the get-go where it was like, all right, like we need the team to be in fighting form for the Astros. So even yep. though the Braves are a first place team, they're like a first place team from a mediocre division. Yep. It doesn't really matter. Like we're just going to kind of give the guys a day off and kind of put in these guys that like, we kind of need to give some practice time before the postseason. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into this like whole thing. It was, yeah. And that's clearly why Drew Pomerantz came into pitch before guys like Kimbrell and who else pitched today? Like everyone pitched today. Workman. Workman. I don't know. I lost, I lost track. But like clearly that's why Drew Pomerantz was pitching in the first place. Yeah. And then it just turns into this thing of like, wow, he made it so embarrassing that Cora wanted to fight back. Like you you got Kinsler, Xander, Mookie, Nunez, I think. Like everyone's coming in to pinch. Steve Pierce, everyone's like taking over. At the end of the game, you only had three of the original lineup mm-hmm. guys still playing. Because Pomerantz was so bad that he actually pissed Cora off into making him want to win this, like, what should have been basically the equivalent of, like, that game when the Yankees came for spring training and didn't even bring Stanton and Judge. They were like, wow, we think so little of the Red Sox. We're not even going to make the guys travel for the game. We're just going to send, like, our farm team. That's basically what this was supposed to be. And it turned into, like, we have to destroy them. (laughs) Well, Alex Cora Cora is is very – He's been doing this all season, right? When he wins the series, that last game means nothing, okay? And you, he's he always does that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's been times where 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 JD isn't in the lineup, where Mookie isn't in the lineup, when neither like tonight, when neither isn't in the lineup, when you know when the series is won, because you know what? That's how you have a great MLB season is you win series. You know what yeah. I mean? Obviously, you know, just thinking about that, that's how you have a great postseason, too. But, you know, w- when you're talking about, uh, you know, have it when the regular season is a marathon, not a sprint, you just need to win series. You don't need to go out there and win every single game. I know that's the mentality of these players, but, you know, the, the winning the series is a very important thing. And I, 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 I think I, I read somewhere I read somewhere quickly that um, – and I forget I forget who said it or where it was said, but um, Alex the, the Alex Cora basically said that the mantra of this this last month is resting the guys is resting the guys for them to be ready for the postseason. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, uh, having them having them, you know, every every all hands on deck for the Yankee series because that's basically our main threat right now. Um, but after that, it's just about resting the guys, and I I love that. You know what I mean? Like that that is just what it's all about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can, can kind of contribute to the fact that Cora still has that player mentality, even though he's just yeah. a manager. Like, 
Like he got, he was physically embarrassed, even though he was just standing in the dugout watching. That he got so pissed off, he's like, "All right, you know what? Time to freaking destroy these Braves. Like, let's go to war." I mean, Pomerantz was just that bad, and it, it just like, like it just made him be like, "If I was on that field, what would I do?" So he's like, "You know what? This is exactly what I'm gonna do. Boom, 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 boom. Go hit. Have fun." Well, Five pinch hitters in that inning. Yeah. There's also just a difference between like losing a game. And like your team looking so pathetic that it yeah. demoralizes the guys who are resting because the point of a rest day is to come back rejuvenated. And if you come off of like two wins where you score outscore the team so much and your pitchers do pretty well and like everything's going really well. And then you finish the series with a loss. That's that embarrassing. Cause it's that's like, bad. there's like a loss where it's like you gave it your all and like, it just doesn't go your way. And then there's like a thing where like one guy messes it up so badly for everybody yeah. else that you're like, you can't do this. You can't like, as the manager, he feels like he has the responsibility to not allow his team to be further destroyed by the damage that drew Pomerantz is inflicting on them because it's not their fault. Like the rest of the guys, like, first of all, we had Velasquez and Pomerantz against I think he's the Braves' best pitcher. Oh, um, I pronounced his name wrong. In the, I, I pronounced his name wrong in the last episode. It's Fultonavix, uh, I think. That's how you pronounce it. I, I said Fultinovix. That's not how you pronounce it. That's well, how you like Whatever his name is. <laughs> he's, really, he's really good. He is really good. Yeah. So it's like you have them versus Velasquez, who is not used to being a starter. Right. And Pomerantz, who's not used to being a person, apparently. <laughs> and you're just like, it's like it's very unbalanced to then also not have Mookie and JD in the lineup and Xander and Pierce and like Nunez and every and you know Kinsler Kinsler was a pinch hitter too. Yeah, Kinsler. Mm-hmm. And it's like it the whole thing was just like totally lopsided from the get-go, but when but I don't think anyone thought it would go that badly, even though with Pomerantz on the mound, you I mean Honestly, you got to expect what's yeah. going to happen with that. Bring the funeral flowers when he's on the moon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever. Like it, the finales weren't mattering so much because we were winning a lot of our finales. For most of the season, we had a really good record on travel days for series finales. Like we were doing like even even series where we were really taking hard losses at the beginning of the series. We were winning the last game. And that was good to go into the next series. You never, even if you take a win for the series, when you lose the last game of the series, it's kind of weird because it's like yeah. celebrating that you won the series, but like you finished the series by sucking. And with yeah. this, it would have yeah. been like, okay, we won the first two games so well. And then went from that to like such a bad loss. You can't go, you can't let that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. That's that. That talks to the Astros series like that, like especially with the Astros coming to town, you can't, you can't have that be the way you go home. Like you can't go home with your tail between yeah. your legs to then yeah. face a team that destroyed you at home in the postseason, and then won a World Series. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean that. That's how I've always kind of felt with road games. Like the first game and last game of any series on the like away is statement games like you want to go in there telling that home team who's boss and then you want to leave with them crying going to their freaking million dollar condos like those are statement games like if you want to go in and go out like business as usual like we dominated so what nothing you can do about it let's move on to the next team those are 
and 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 I I do think that there is such a thing as momentum. Uh, like I I also mentioned this on the last episode, but uh, you know, the saying is that you know you only have momentum in baseball until your ne- until the next pitcher is on the mound. Um, but you know, when you're talking about uh, series wins and how crucial they are to coming down the stretch, and especially when they're against really good teams like this, um, it, it is it is crucial to have that last game. Um, one. Um, I, I I do agree with that. I would take the series the series win over anything, but you know uh, the the sweep, especially when it's a sweep, because you know what, like the sweep, you kind of get the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? You're you're wiping them out completely with the win, and you are also winning that last very crucial game, like Gabrielle said. Um, so no, I, I I do agree with that. Um, so you know, uh, JD is well rested. He didn't bat today. He won't bat tomorrow because tomorrow's an off day. Um, so he's going to be well-rested for the Astros, um, which we'll get into later. We're going to do a little projection of the Astros series as well. Um, I, I These these notes are a little a little old, but not really because it's still relevant. Um, Brendan Phillips, uh, his debut with the Red Sox looked extremely – he looked extremely happy to be with the team. When they interviewed him before the game, he had just like this Francisco Lindor-esque smile on his face. It was just, it was fantastic to see. Um, and I, I mean, he, and I wrote down, he made an impact immediately. That was before the home run. Okay. He scored it, the first run of the game. Yeah. Right. Hustle play. He scored, he scored the tying run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hustle play. Right yeah. That, that run to uh, home, that was, that was huge hustle play. Yeah. Um, and just a little bit of background story on the uh, the number zero thing. Um, first of all, is is the number zero? Is it a number? Can we can we get into that just for, it's just an just integer. for a second? Is it's an it, integer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, integer is a number. Yeah. Because I've always wondered that. Like, why why would you why would you have like a number zero when you're I, I don't know whatever. Uh, so he wanted he wanted he wanted to wear he wanted to wear number four. And they said he's where he's worn number four his entire career. And when he wanted to wear number four, they said, no, that's Joe Cronin's number. He said, OK, can I wear number seven? That's uh, Christian Vasquez's number. OK, can I wear number 44? That's Matt Barnes. Um, <laughs> he goes, OK, what number do you have for me? Like as if he's playing for the Yankees, which who will probably start have to wear wearing num- uh, letters at this point. Uh, and there he was like, what's the weirdest number? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, see I love that letter. There. I love that letter. <laughs> Uh, and they were they were like, well, we have number zero lying around. He was like, sure, I'll take it. No one in the Red Sox franchise has ever worn number zero, and that's very interesting to me because that kind of goes into the fact that it's a very mature mature uh, franchise. Uh, no one's going to wear silly numbers like ninety nine or zero or you know. Uh, so ninety nine is overrated. Apparently, only sixteen players in Major League history have worn zero, and twenty have worn zero zero. Oh, double zero, really? Yeah. yeah. Wait, so there's been more players that have worn double zero than single zero? Yeah. It's yeah, more that's... of a standout number. That's crazy. I did not know that. That's that's really that's that's a little uh a little factoid for you. So I, I did not know that. That's that's really weird. I'm gonna see um, if there's anyone notable who's yeah. worn. But yeah. I mean it's not like a thing that you usually see for sure. No, yeah, absolutely. I like the interesting also, choice though. It's also it's also always funny with the Red Sox considering how many like legendary people have played for the Red Sox. It's always yeah. when you kind of get a guy who's like, oh, like this was you know so and so and so and so's number like Kinsler's wearing five, right? Yeah. 
which he stole so. from Sue Wei Lin, <laughs> and that's no more <laughs> number. Oh, and it's like, you know, it's just always, I always just enjoy the history of that. But like, I'm yeah, yeah. considering the Red Sox are one of the oldest franchises, it's actually very interesting that no one's ever worn zero before. But I, I like I like the fact that they're not like the Yankees and they retire every single number. You know what I mean? Because like if they were if they if they were if they were like the Yankees, you know they would they would have had Nomar's number retired already. They would have had probably you know they probably would have had Pedroia's number retired before he even retired. You know what I mean? Like it's just. I mean, it's the same thing as like with everyone getting verified on Twitter. It's like okay, so that means nothing now. Like yeah, yeah. the Red Sox are picky. Also, I mean number one rule in life is just like, don't do what the Yankees do. So if the Yankees are retiring all the numbers, <laughs> yeah, you Fun don't fact. retire all the numbers. You don't like, you know, especially it's always funny because they've replaced their ballpark twice in the past, like, you know, yeah, whatever years. We've got Fenway Park. You would think we'd be the ones that are like, you know, holding on to the past every chance we get. But we are very picky about whose numbers we retire. And right. David Ortiz, I think, was the fastest number retirement in Red Sox history. But well deserved. Because they're, like, they're like on his last on his last regular season game. They're like, by the way, next year we're retiring your number. And it's like, dude, he hasn't even played his last game yet. <laughs> oh, is that that game? It's like they're already. Oh, I was bawling my eyes out. I was like, <laughs> I lost my mind that day. But yeah, they're like, all right. So before you play your first game, your last game of the regular season. Just so you know, we already decided to retire a number. Yeah, yeah. Just because that's they, he meant that much to the franchise. Yeah, but, I mean, they had to. It, that that day was just crazy. Like, because he had like a plaque at JetBlue, like the terminal. He had a bridge naming ceremony on the same day, and it was my birthday. So I mean, it's a win, 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 win. Humble brag. It's your birthday. Okay. Oh yeah, it really, yeah. Very, it was actually really cool. Um, oh, I was at Fenway like two weeks before the 2017 start season started, I was there at night and like during the off season, they store a lot of stuff in the lower concourse, like boxes and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like walking around and it's like March, it's freezing snow on the ground and I'm walking through the concourse and I just like look up and his 34 that was going to go on the walkway towards Yaki stadium was, was just standing smack dab in the middle of the concourse, oh, but sick. backwards. And so I have a picture of me somewhere on my phone from last year, like in all of my winter clothes, like bundled up at Fenway Park by myself with a backwards, like the four was backwards. That would have been so hard not to take. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I obviously, all like right. if I could lift anything in my life, you know I would have that in my apartment. <laughs> like, that would be the centerpiece around which everything in my apartment faces. But it was it was super cool to see that. And no one no one would notice you bringing in that huge plaque uh, into your, into your apartment to to hang on your wall. <laughs> Dude, it's a replica. Meanwhile, guys, I got the list of all the players who've worn zero. Yeah, what's up? And um, I haven't heard of half of these guys. <laughs> Who's the, do you have years? Who's the most recent one? Um, the most recent one apparently is Brandon Barnes. Who no, idea. no idea who that is. Is wearing it now. Athletics? Cleveland. Cleveland now. Actually, so, this year, four people are wearing it, including in addition to Phillips. We got Brandon Barnes. We got Rafael Lopez on the Padres. 
Adam Ottavino from the Rockies. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Malik Smith is wearing it for the Rays. That's right. Malik Smith does wear it. I thought Malik Smith was wearing it. But yeah. people have been wearing it since... I mean, people have worn it for a long time. Um, it's just not regular. It's not like a regular thing. So I, I guess we can we can definitively say that Brandon Phillips is the best player to ever wear number zero. Yep. Don Baylor wore zero zero. And so did Bobby Bonds, and so did Jose Canseco. All right, so... So that's a lot more legendary of a situation. Yeah. All right, so double zero is a better category, but Brandon Phelps yeah. is still on the top of the single zero. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, see, I, I told you guys we were going to go off topic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good, though. Um, it's yeah. You know, I'm going to go off the beaten path. I'm going to go off the sheet real quick. We were talking about Fenway and Yankee Stadium. So I'm going to drop this on you guys, uh, you know, just randomly. How many more years do you guys give before uh, they eventually do something to Fenway? How dare you? I, I, listen, I, I hope they never touch it forever. Okay. Do you mean like renovations or do you mean like moving? No, no, no. They're never going to move. They're never going to move. They're never going to move. So, so just like a basic renovation or something? Just like they'll they'll i don't think they'll ever well so you know what they can't they can't tear it down because it's on it's on the um fans well no it's on the the national registry of of historic places yeah it's a historic landmark yeah thank god yeah so yeah no so i would actually die if they (laughs) if they tore down fenway i would chain myself to the ballpark and I, let the wrecking ball take me first. I, I don't think you're alone seat. in that. I'll be on the red seat with a beer. So I mean, Ted right. Williams wanted when Ted Williams was in like the last couple years of his life, he actually wrote that he hoped that they would tear it down. And I was like, dude, you not? Well, Please. I think Ted they they wanted he Ted Williams wanted uh, all of his all of the ghosts of Fenway to be locked up. And I, I don't know. It, I don't know. Whatever. He was the a weird character, but he's part. a great hitter. The um, the best part. Yeah, if no, I know. Keep updating all the ballparks in, in Major League Baseball. You lose the charm and the history. Like, yeah, all yeah. of these new parks where it's like, oh, they're very shiny. They're beautiful, whatever. But you know what? I had, like, I had a Yankees fan today who I work with say to me that Fenway Park is the best ballpark in america and he's a yankees like a diehard like we fight yankees red sox during work in front of our students but he acknowledges he's like fenway park it's the history it's the yeah. emotion it's the ghosts dominant dominant never replicate that it would be the equivalent of like the greeks tearing down like Acropolis. the acropolis and then being like oh but don't worry because we're building a new one yeah. uh cool no one wanted that it's not going to be the same and you can never replicate how it felt that's i mean these are these are the these are the the ancient ruins of america here you can't do that and then pretend that it's ever going to be the same i feel like red sox as a franchise red sox nation boston would be irrevocably changed with a new ballpark to the point where i don't think they could ever do it in a real way like it would literally take them you would distance yourself it, so would quickly. Take, it would take some kind of catastrophic destruction god forbid for anything like that to happen yeah. and barring that i don't think i mean i think that they will look i know i know larry lucchino i know 
a lot of people who are higher up in the Red Sox. And I will tell you that they've literally said to me, we will do everything in our power until the end of time to not have to tear down or destroy the charm and like the history of Fenway Park. Like they, it would be so much easier for them. Not easier in terms of like legal stuff, but in terms of renovations and money, it would be so much easier for them to just build a new ballpark. Yeah. But they're not they They won't do that. That's good. Like I've been, I've been like me and millions of other people, but I I've been to Yankee stadium countless times. I mean, Yankee stadium, more times that I can count, honestly, and it's obviously not just not. You know what? Honestly, like it is an it is a nice park. They do take care of me when I go there. Um, you know, but it doesn't it doesn't have that. And I'm not I'm not being biased here. It doesn't have that same feeling when you walk in as opposed to when you walk into Fenway. It I really does. Dodger Stadium last year, and yeah. I went for the World Series, and Dodger Stadium is beautiful. It's on a hill, and it has history too. It, it does have history. history. It is old. It is one of the older parks, and I actually mm-hmm. ran into Reggie Jackson in the stairwell (laughs) like world series game six walked literally like walked into reggie jackson and was like oh he's a a big guy he's not as big as he used to be but he's a big guy yeah Uh, i mean he's old old people shrink um but like (laughs) i hope he doesn't he's not going hopefully quote of the episode old people shrink (laughs) um but like you know last year they had a gorgeous jackie robinson robinson thing painted on the side of dodger stadium and so it's really a beautiful place like i took my mom and sister up there it's a gorgeous ballpark but we're so spoiled being red Sox fans Hmm. i was like ah this place sucks the only good thing is the garlic fries (laughs) yeah i mean like it's crazy because no matter how many times like you go to fenway it's it's like fenway like it's it's sick but once you walk up those those stairs or like the ramps or whatever and you look at the park, you can just almost visualize like black and white Fenway Park games like on like a 12-inch Polaroid camera with like people in their top hats and suits with their ties and like just the millions of different people of all different like just from everywhere that's been where you were. It's just it's just crazy. All you got to say is Babe Ruth played there. That's all you need to say. Because okay. that is that in its own is just the most amazing thing, you know what I mean? And and uh, I mean all the millions of other players that have that have played there, but you know, I mean, like on the same grounds, it, it's yeah. it's just it, it's it's you, nothing 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 beats that. I'm sorry. And, and like you, you know, the, the World Series win with Koji and yeah. the the comebacks for the ALCS in '04, like all of the things that have happened in that ballpark. The All Star Game, Johnny Pesky being there all the time, like all of that kind of stuff. I mean, the other thing. So it was actually really funny. I was thinking about this during the Braves series because you know the Braves used to be the Boston Braves, obviously. Mm-hmm. And my great uncle, my dad's, my dad's uncle, my dad's dad's brother is a hundred years old. Wow. And he grew up in Boston, and he and my grandfather used to go to Boston Braves games when Babe Ruth was at the end of his career playing slash managing. And they they used to hang out around the dugout and like watch it and, you know, kind of like chill out around the players and stuff. Cause it was obviously a much different, you know, wasn't a big deal back then. Um, And my great uncle, like I'll call him once in a while and we'll talk baseball because he's still a massive Red Sox fan. Like he said to me, he's like, I've never seen anyone like Chris Sale in my life. You think about a guy who's a hundred years old. He's probably one of the only. He's people seen a lot. Alive. 
who was alive for the 1918 World Series. That's sick. And That's he's sick. like, and like for, for him to say, like, I've never seen a team like this. I've never seen a hit a pitcher like Chris Sale. Like, think about how mind blowing that is. A hundred years, he's never no, that, seen yeah. pitch the way Chris Sale pitched. Thousands of pitchers. And like, used to watch Babe Ruth play. But he he saw Babe Ruth hit like his last home runs ever at those games. And now he's telling me like Chris Sale is the best pitcher he's ever seen. Well, he's not wrong. I mean, you know, you you can, (laughs) yeah, you. I mean, you can you can say that he is basically like Randy Johnson reincarnated. But I mean, uh, I I think I think that you know when it's all said and done, he could be better than Randy Johnson. Honestly, you know what I mean. Like he may not have the Cy Youngs as Randy Johnson. You know, I mean, he's got the arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like he has the body type. He has the, you know, like the uh, the the competitiveness, the energy. The only thing that I think he, he I want him to do different than Randy Johnson is not go to the Yankees. Um, yeah. But that I, Gabrielle, I'm sorry. It's just I, I'm putting all these kind of thoughts into your head. I don't mean it, but I'm just kind Maybe of rambling on here. Like I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go to sleep tonight and have a nightmare that Fenway Park got torn down. And Chris sails on me. and text you. That I'm gonna <laughs> living hell out of you because no. why would you do that to me? <laughs> I'm I'm 3,400 miles away from you, so I think I'm at a safe distance. But I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> we'll oh, see. No. I don't know. I'll still be afraid. Um, um, the bunker back there, boy. Yeah. No. Good thing, thing you can like. You know what? Pull a real life side, like real life Homer Simpson right now. I'm coming for you. You get back <laughs> into those clothes right now. Think back. <laughs> Anthony, what were you saying? Just hug your David Ortiz pillow. It'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, He's I, don't, I don't remember if I uh, introduced Anthony in the beginning of the, of the uh, show, but he's uh, still not feeling well. But he's just in the in the background lurking on us, making sure we're behaving. Um, never are. I don't know. You, <laughs> I mean, I'm God. here. So. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to get into a more serious note here. Um, I want to delve into the JD Martinez Instagram thing. Um, so just as a quick, uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you all, I'm sure you all know or heard of what, what kind of, I mean, it happened a while ago, but it kind of just came out, uh, what in the last like week, week and a half or so. Um, and I think we, what I, what I wanted to accomplish is kind of let the dust settle before we get into it um gabrielle you know that i wanted your thoughts on it because you had a lot of really good thoughts on it um you know we'll give us you know i just i want to i want to give the world uh you know a kind of um you know what we think about it um but jd martinez basically uh he had an instagram post from 2013 uh, january January 2013 Um, and it was, I don't know, it had, it had something to do with, with guns or something like that. It was a quote about guns that, uh, what he thought, and it was also a a picture of, of Adolf Hitler. Um, and yeah. So basically JD Martinez, like a lot of people raised in Florida is pro guns. Mm -hmm. And that's not secret. Like he said it before. He's like, you know, I'm from Florida. This is like the kind of stuff we grow up like you know, whatever. Cool. Great. You're entitled to your opinion. Um, basically a couple years ago, he posts this photo with a, with a, what he thought was a quote from Hitler, basically saying, you know, that, um, the reason that like empires fall or that governments fall is 
when you give citizens the right to arm themselves. And first of all, and like saying, you know, the quote that Hitler said that in 1933. Mm -hmm. Now, and his caption underneath was like something along the lines of this is why I always stay strapped. He was disagreeing with the, with the, whatever the quote was. Yeah. The reason that I will always stay strapped is so that what happens in Germany and like in Europe with Hitler won't happen in America. So he was using the quote to show why he was against, like he was saying he's against Hitler, he's pro-guns because he's against fascist dictators, yeah. which obviously makes sense because he, as he said when he was asked about it last week, he's like, I'm Cuban. I'm, I'm, my family's from a, a country that lives under fast, like under dictatorship. Obviously I'm not for dictatorship. The problem was, first of all, Anytime you will use a photo of Hitler, he's an evil polarizing figure in, in world history. Yep. It's already just going to upset people because no, because seeing pictures of Hitler upsets people. So it's like all logic and reasons going to kind of already going to be partially out the window because it's like you used a photo of Hitler and you can say that you're pro gun without using it in probably about 85 million ways and not have to use a photo of one of the worst people who's ever lived. Yeah, in the, yeah. the other problem was that Hitler never actually said the quote that was on that photo and the quote. And when I fact checked it, the only thing that he said that was remotely close, he said in 1942 and it was still not even complete, like the accurate sentiment. And in 1933, Hitler had just been elected chancellor. He never would have said something so polarizing at a time when he was still trying to brainwash the people that he was taking over. The other issue is that, it promotes kind of the myth that if Jews and, you know, communists and gypsies and the handicapped and all of the people that Hitler murdered had been allowed to have guns, they would have been able to fight back and there wouldn't have been a Holocaust and maybe not a World War II, which is categorically false because first of all, the people that Hitler took over from when he was elected had very strict gun laws. And when Hitler took over, he actually lightened those gun laws. He made it less restrictive. But the other thing is, Hitler very quickly by 1935 with the Nuremberg laws made it impossible for Jews and other restricted people to even be allowed to go into public parks. So do you actually think that he would have allowed Jews to buy weapons that would allow them to protect themselves against people when he was trying to destroy my people? No. So the whole issue is that not only do you use something that you shouldn't have used to promote your opinion, it's incorrect and it fuels yeah. a false narrative. And so it's like, and honestly, for a guy like JD, the thing that disappointed me the most, because you guys know I love JD Martinez. Yeah. I think he's yeah, awesome. Yeah. He's a great player. I really like the energy he brings to the clubhouse. I love how studious he is and how he makes the rest of the players around him better. Like, you know, JBJ, he was helping JBJ. They all have iPads. Now they're all learning. And so the reason that it upset me so much, aside from the fact that like, as a Jewish woman, I don't want to see pictures of Hitler. Right. I just don't. It, it's very traumatizing for me growing up as somebody who has been like all Jewish people live in the shadow of the Holocaust. We always will. It's just horrible. Right. But the other thing is, for a guy who's that intelligent and that studious and dedicated to like learning to be that careless, like I get it, it was a long time ago, but like the guy was my age when he posted that. It's not like he yeah, was no, that's not 
not like he was like, you know, one of these players who like when he was 17 said something horrible, yeah. on her, which obviously I'm not saying that's okay. Yeah, but, no. <laughs> you know, be like I was 16, I was dumb. JD Martinez was like 25, 26 years old when he did that. And it's like, if you had like taken five seconds to Google the quote that you were about to post, not, not a, let alone the fact that you're about to post a photo of Hitler on Instagram, yeah, 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 you would have seen that it's not a real quote. So it's like, it's the carelessness and kind of lack of empathy that really bothered me. And I was going to say something about it, but it actually, I'm actually very glad that I, at the time, took the time to take a break and not like immediately yeah. vilify him because like, yes, it's kind of a cop-out for him to say, oh, well, I'm from a country that also has dictatorship and not just to be like, I'm sorry, it was stupid, like, whatever. But at the same time, you know what? It's not like he's doing it right now. And I, yeah. and I, and I honestly would like to believe, especially in the current political climate, that he would make a different choice today. Yeah. No. And you know what? I, my, my, my family's from Cuba. Um, and, but, you know, like, I... I would never use that as a crutch to say, you know, to kind of try and justify, uh, you know, what, whatever, you know, if I, if I ever use that. Um, but, you know, I don't know, like for me, and I, we had this conversation uh, last time we were all together, but, um, you know, for, for me, it's like, you know, he did disagree with whatever it was, you know, honestly, if he didn't use the picture, if he just used, if he just cropped out, just just had the words, just just a quote, we probably wouldn't even be talking about it. You know what I mean? You would always probably have some some people, you know, because people, I guess, always want something to fight about or argue about, you know, because of their opinions about guns alone. And you know, you always get that. But you know, like for me, like. I don't know. Like, I just, I think it's, I think it's just something that like he and everyone else should learn from. Um, and you know, that's kind of what Gabrielle said, you know, like fact check what you look, what you look up if you ever use it. And then, you know, just basically, you know, don't give, don't promote people who don't deserve to be promoted. Don't yeah. put them in the limelight. You know what I mean? Like you just, you don't, you don't, you don't need that. No one needs that. You know what I mean? Especially with like the rise of racism and anti-Semitism in this country right now. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I also think that he wouldn't, I mean, I'm not going to speak for him. I don't know him, but right. I would like to think that he wouldn't make the same choice considering how much racism and anti-Semitism are kind of resurging. And like, you know, we had literal Nazis and KKK people in broad daylight marching in Virginia last year. And it's like, mm -hmm. you would hope that he would have more common sense. Yeah. Second I mean, time around. And he doesn't post stuff like that anymore. He was posting stuff mm -hmm. like that when he was more of a unknown, less possibly in the Astros. I mean, he was playing. No, he was, I think he was, he was already on the tigers okay. for sure in 2013. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because he, he, right. he yeah. got cut from Houston like 2011. He's 31 now, so he was definitely on the Tigers already because he was with yeah. them for a long time. Yeah, yeah. it was you know when you're on the Red Sox, like think about think about other teams like Midwest teams, less popular teams, like the Brewers. Brewer, yeah, Brewers. Even even a lot of the times the Rockies, like yeah, the, the they're underlooked. They're underlooked. 
you have the teams on the like Do Dodgers, Giants, Astros, Sox, Yankees, you know, you know players on them. They're superstars. You've got David Ortiz's, Pedro's, John Carlos, like these these players who it's like everyone's always talking about them. There are plenty of major league players in baseball. No one even knows they play, you know, except like their yeah. friends, like diehard fans. Like I'm sure a lot of people around the league don't know like who Rafael Devers is even. Yeah. You know? It's like yeah. he was not he was not the player he currently is where he would be like, oh, well, you know, I probably shouldn't post photos of Hitler. Like I think it would be a lot bigger of a deal if like last week he decided amidst all of the like dirty water tweets to be like, Oh, by the way, here's a photo with a bad quote that didn't actually be like, get yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that that would happen today. He's a no. 30 year old man. That would be, that would be a lot more of a red flag. He, he, he's definitely tweeted in the past. He's definitely had a lot more uh, age difference where he could probably definitely think of, Hey, it's Hitler. Probably shouldn't post that on Instagram. But the exact quote was to conquer a nation first, disarm its citizens. Yeah. And like you said, it was it, basically the way he did it, it was a double negative because, yes, he was basically saying I'm against this. But you use the picture of Adolf Hitler, which is never positive in any sort of instant phrase, history, anything. Mm -hmm. And especially as to talk about not only Hitler, but guns itself, it's a very somber and sensitive topics to most people, especially since 2013 and 2010 this entire decade like it's been a very huge and heated topic and debate and i mean ju just there, there's like you guys have both talked on i'm not really going to talk much about it because basically everything's already been said but there's plenty of ways to support your opinions in a more mature and respectful way than the way he did it i hope he's learned from it and it seems like he has i mean yeah. just just like just just look up and research more before you definite definitively put something that could harm or hurt other people. Yeah, I mean, sure. he, he definitely knows that. And I, think, yeah, yeah. I think that's also yeah. like the biggest thing is like if you want to get your message across, just think about the way you're doing it. You know, because a lot yeah. of times, like it's the same thing as like a lot of times the quiet, calm voice is a lot more powerful than the words spoken in anger, you know? Yeah. So like he, he, like, his whole sentiment, like, I don't, I'm not saying I agree with him, because, like, I don't think that gun control, I think gun control is important for obvious reasons. Like, I, I am a teacher. I teach children, and when the Parkland thing happened, I was at school with my students. My students are seven and eight years old. They're little sweet kids. Like, it was horrifying. It was a yep. nightmare day. It was so scary to be like the adult in the room for that. And I'm not going to get into the politics. I'm just saying like, as a teacher, it's your worst nightmare. What wondering, like hoping that nothing bad will ever happen to the kids that parents trust you to take care of during the day. But anyway, but the point is there are so many other ways that you can say that you think that you have a right to guns, but the, but like you said, Kyle, that whole message is completely lost because all people are focusing on is the fact that you used a photo of Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Cause it's like, even if you're saying you oppose it, it's like, okay, but like, why did you have to use a photo of him? Yeah. It, it, it becomes a double entendre situation where like your message is gone. Yeah, like it, can, it totally cancels out your message. But anyway, I think, I think we've talked about this enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
I would much rather, if we're going to vilify someone, I would much rather take down the guy trying to take down David Ortiz. Yeah. So, all right. So let's, let's, yeah. let's, 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 let's get into that. <laughs> let's, let's, let's today. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's, let's keep rolling here on uh, also, bashing. I know Shohei Otani, four for four, four runs, two homers, and three RBIs. Yeah. I, I posted a quote. Like no UCL. So casual. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Like, I think I think if we had a general baseball like podcast, I could go on for days trying to figure out whether they're going to give him the Tommy, whether he's going to opt for Tommy John surgery or not. Um, but you he know, looks, I don't know. I, I like, know. I don't know. Like, just just to get get off topic for like two seconds, literally just two seconds. Honestly, like, it, it takes it takes what a year and a half to recover from Tommy John surgery. Oh, Fine. Right. He will be limited to playing first base, if anything, if not DH. Because he, how is he going to throw a ball if he's in the outfield? If he doesn't get the surgery, yeah. so use his arm. How is he going to hit? Yeah. Well, he's hitting fine. He's hitting I, fine, right? I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, like I surgery. He no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Arm at all. Right, but so if if he, he doesn't get the surgery, then he'll just stay batting. But then where are they going to put him in the in 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 the in the field? You know what I mean? Like it's it's really weird. The thing is, like everyone's like, oh, is Shohei Otani the next Babe Ruth? Obviously, forgetting the fact that once Babe Ruth really, once Babe Ruth joined the Yankees, and he basically stopped pitching. He basically gave up pitching very quickly because he said, "I want to play all the time." Yeah. Because he was really he. The two things that were the catalyst for the live ball era were him and the death of Ray Chapman. Because the Ray Chapman thing, with the darkened baseball that hit him and killed him, was the beginning of umpires being required to make sure that all baseballs were pure white easily visible pitchers were no longer allowed to throw spitballs and bean balls and mess with like darkening the balls to make them more obscured and like hard to see. So the death of Ray Chapman and the fact that Babe Ruth came up as this big hitter and people started enjoying like these big momentous hits. Those were the two things. And he knew that. And he's like, I want to play every day. They're like, all right, you got to play outfield. The minute he started doing that, the pitching went way down. So it's not like he was doing the pitching he was doing with the Red Sox and also hitting, you know, 50 home runs in a season. And everyone kind of conflates that because it was such a long time ago. And he did, he was a magnificent pitcher and a magnificent hitter, Yeah. but he was not doing those for the most, I think it was only one season. Um, I'll look it up. I wrote he was doing both it. at the same time. But the point is Shohei, I feel like, and the same thing, unfortunately, is going to happen with Shohei because, you know, they they play so much harder nowadays too. Especially in the American League. In the American League. Like, there's literally no way that he's going to be able to sustain his body, you know. Yeah, no, I don't think so. This, it's, a lot, it's a lot to, to monitor, you know, when you're doing one or the other, and he's doing both. So, you know? in the years that Ruth pitched regularly – he never hit more than 30 homers. When he came to New York, he transitioned into playing the outfield. In 1919, he made 15 starts and hit 29 homers. In 1920, one start, 54 homers. When he gave up pitching, his OPS went up by almost 200 points. Yeah, so, I mean, he so, has all that time to focus on hitting. You know, it makes sense. In, in, in 20, it was what, 2017? Yeah, 2017... So 100 years, 100 years before, in 1917, Ruth won 13 games for the Sox as a pitcher, played 95 games in the field, but only hit 11 home runs. Yeah. 
Otani has more home runs than that, but he has not been pitching the yeah, way right. that Ruth, I mean, Ruth used to play, Ruth used to pitch complete games. Today is actually like the 100 year anniversary of Ruth winning the first game of the 1918 World Series. A one to zero game. Damn. Wow. Not a lot of not a lot of power hitting going on in the 1918 World Series. So yeah, no, totally different. You know, look, Otani is clearly amazing. He's very talented. It would be so incredible to be alive to witness. I'm sure my great uncle would love to see a guy do the kinds of things that Babe Ruth did over the span of his career. But it's important to remember that Ruth was human too. He didn't yeah, even do the things that they think show him, that Otani is trying to do. Yeah. No. And, and I mean, you know, it, it, I, I, they got to make a decision soon on this guy because, you know, I, mean, I just feel bad for him because it's like, he's going to, he's so talented on both ends but he's going to, I feel like he's going to have to give something up because otherwise he will hurt. Him. He's already been injured throughout this season. And I think one of the reasons is because he's trying so hard to do everything. He's burning the candle at both ends. And it's like, you know, all of a lot of players in major league baseball, you know, like Mitch Moreland pitched in college. A lot of these guys, they come up doing all kinds of stuff because they know that the best chance of getting picked up by a major league team is versatility. I mean, Mookie yeah. Betts was an infielder. Amazing infielder. Amazing yeah, baseman, but he knew that with Pedroia at second base, he had no chance of playing second base. Now he's an incredible right fielder. Yeah. But the point is, like, a lot of these guys, they, they, they work really hard at multiple areas of baseball so that they're more desirable as they come up. But once you come up, you can't do it all. It's impossible. Yeah. Right. It's, so, it's a... You, you know, so I feel like if Shohei Otani wants to have an incredible career, he's going to have to pick. And it's really sad that that's the case because it would be really, really kind of magical to see that kind of baseball playing if he was able to pull it off. Yeah. They were able to figure out some kind of special schedule for him or something. But like, quite frankly, like for his own health, it's like the kid's basically the equivalent of a rookie. And, you know, Tommy yeah. John, Tommy John is a disaster. I mean, it, it yeah. destroys it destroys much more seasoned people than Shohei Otani, and he's so young. It's like it would be it would be tragic to yeah. kind of like have this derail his career just because he tr he wanted to do so much. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's like a circus. You yeah, you have to do a juggle like in the in the lower circuses. Once you get called to a big show, you really only get one act. It's yeah. got to be your best act. And I mean, you know, we we want we want him to do, you know, to get better and you know play at his best. And I think that's the best for thing for baseball. You root, um, for, you root for guys like him because they really, they really are special. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, getting uh, getting back on track with this uh, David, David Ortiz, Ortiz thing. So basically, uh, there was a wh what was he, Gabriel? He was like a former former security, security guard for for Fenway, Eddie Domingo. Not for Fenway, he was like was the it? MLB like Red Sox liaison or something. Yeah. I don't know. I got it. It's like in my article somewhere. My my blistering attack on Public Enemy Number One of the uh, yeah no, and I I read I read uh, your article that i where can you find it on girl girl at the game you can girl find it out. Girl at the game. I'll, I'll tweet it out again but All it's right. um 
Eddie Dominguez, he was a former cop for Boston PD, and then he worked for MLB beginning in 1999. And um, basically, he wrote a book about the whole, the entirety of MLB, mm-hmm. like 20 years worth of cases, performance enhancing drugs, alleged human trafficking, all kinds of crazy stuff. And basically his claim, because he worked for the Department of Investigations in MLB, which is like their kind of like internal cop. Like it works with like the feds and the police, whatever, to kind of patrol this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Basically, though, his whole claim is that Major League Baseball has tried to prevent their own Department of Investigations from operating when it harms the interest of major league baseball and kind of prevent them from working with law enforcement to curtail things that they think will be detrimental to teams and to the league as a whole. And so he's got all of these cases against almost every team, but of course, because David Ortiz is one of the most popular players in baseball history and one of the most iconic current recently retired players, and a big name still all the time, like, you know, doing baseball stuff. And I'm sure we'll see him in the postseason again, doing commentary and whatever. Yeah, because they're only losing seven to zero against Oakland. It's eight to two now, actually. Oh. Gary Sanchez, your boy, hit a home run. He's hitting, what, a point five nine now? He did. I mean, that's just that's just baseball. So he's batting, like, point. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you oh, right now. Oh it's, nine now. It's probably <laughs> it's probably still under two hundred. Whatever it is. He was um, batting. He probably has a couple strikeouts. Going into today's game, Sanchez was batting 071 with a twenty five percent strikeout rate in plate appearances. And uh, he tonight before if before this apparent home run, he had three pass balls. So. So he's great catcher. Like. Right Real up phenomenal this, stuff, you know. Yeah, up. Uh, this is up to date. Uh, he's he's hitting 187 with a 696 OPS. As- oh, he's, wow. he's now hitting what Jackie Bradley Jr. was hitting when he had a full month without an extra base hit. Yeah, basically. Pretty exciting Dude. stuff. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, guy Dominguez has decided, of course, to shine the spotlight on a case that he reported to the DOI where a guy who was like, you know, one of these guys that like is friendly with and works for David Ortiz, like an entourage kind of guy who did a lot of baseball betting, including betting against the Red Sox. And basically this guy Dominguez claims that an informant of his told him that he witnessed this guy placing a bet against the Red Sox during a Sox versus White Sox game. Now, of course, the thing is, David Ortiz homered in that game. Yes, he did. Yep. In the first inning. Yeah. And also, like, just don't. I'm sorry. Like, there's a time there's in no place need, for there's it. No, you know, no there isn't. There's, like, there isn't. Beyonce, there's no need for David, it. David Ortiz is going to just be like, I'm David Ortiz. Like, yeah. you just don't come for David Ortiz. He is the human personification. He is the living person. Like, he is the living version, the human incarnation of the city of Boston. The... Even suggestion that that man would ever do anything against the team that he took less money to stay with yeah. when he could have gotten millions more from almost any team in baseball. The fact that he won three World Series for us, the fact that he 
made the this is our fucking city speech. The fact that he still works for the Red Sox and like comes around and just like hangs out and like helps the players with their hitting. All of these things. It's like, you know what? Even one of those things would be enough for me to tell Eddie Dominguez to go fuck himself. But it's not because there's about 85 million reasons why David Ortiz would never do that. Yeah. Be involved in it. And it's just so annoying because it's not his fault that he has a hanger on like a clinger from his past. Who's a bad guy. So many people in so many rich people have guys like that from their past who leech onto them. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean, did you see his post after Ortiz's? Ortiz, yeah, yeah, of course yeah, I did. Yeah. He said, um, I wasn't going to comment on this episode, but someone out of nowhere once again tried to diminish my image just to sell a couple books just for some money in his pocket. MLB do a hell of a job letting us know as a player the importance of, in all caps, not betting on baseball, especially after Pete Rose. I have been a player that has been extremely blessed, not only with the love of the fans, but also with lots of money. And I'm, and then in all caps again, smart enough to not get caught in some bullshit like that. Trust me. I'm doing this not because of who of you who wrote the book. I'm doing this for my fans to have peace of mind because y'all deserve that. If I had been involved in anything related to gambling in 05, my career wouldn't have ended in 16. MLB would have gotten rid of me ASAP because MLB don't play that. I'll leave this here. Remember, you knock me down 10 times. I'll learn how to get up 11. Trust. God bless America. Yeah. No, and he... He is, he is he is he is the epitome of hard work. He is the epitome of, you know, coming coming from the Dominican Republic, not having anything to, you know, finally getting yes. attaining attaining the status that he attained and then and then doing doing the good deed by, uh, pa- you know, passing it forward or paying it yeah. forward. You could say, you know what I mean? So I just pulled this, just... this is one of my older tweets from like last fall. Because, you know, you talk about, like, David Ortiz has done so much. But it's also literally the fact that, like, if you've read his book, which I obviously have, like, three times, <laughs> the man never made more than $16 million in a single season. Which, obviously, $16 million is nothing to shake a stick at. It's a lot of money. But the point yeah. is, well, JD is making more than that. Yeah. Right. And I tweeted out. I looked it up. I was like, all right, Adrian Gonzalez, his contract, seven years, $156 million. Carl Crawford, seven years, $142 million. Pablo Sandoval, five years, $95 million. In 2004, David Ortiz made $1.25 million. And I remember after the World Series, the Boston Globe did a piece where they put out one of those graphs to show how much all the Red Sox main players were making. And I literally remember looking at the $1.25 million from 04 and looking and turning to my dad and being like, well, that guy's going to get a raise. Nope. And I was 12. But my but point is, he sh- he should have. has sat by, stood by, and watched as players less deserving, underperforming, bad attitudes, make so much more money. Be not even make more money. Be offered, yeah, more money, when he was the one carrying the team for over a decade. And he was arguably one of the top ten players in baseball, and he only played one side of the field. He right. could have. He honestly could have been one of the and first thirty million dollars a year guys. And the most clutch, clutch postseason player ever. Ever. And yeah, he is. He, you know, so it's like, it's like, you would think that he would feel some kind of, you know, 
grievance that like frustration and he said before he's like you know i don't understand why they would go out and offer free agents all of this money when they had me and i had to fight to even get the money that i was getting they never wanted to give him until he was talking about retiring and then john henry said we will give you whatever money you need to end your career in boston but it literally took him saying i'm thinking about retiring for them to kind of come to their senses and be like we have the best player in baseball we have one of the best humans in baseball on our team mm -hmm. and he's going to retire and the idea like i think honestly if david ortiz had left because the red sox had tried to stiff him on the bill i i would have rioted i'm sure i mean he's you so, many people. Yes. So, so many, many people it would have been so heartbreaking i mean i'm never going to get over the fact that he's retired he like, would have had a goodbye like if he had left and gone somewhere else, it would have been so awful. Yeah. Yeah, no. And so like, I, no, don't even suggest that David Ortiz would be involved in something like this, because honestly, how dare you? Well, and the fact that he was around Fenway Park and seeing who David Ortiz was as a person, how Boston Red Sox fans are. And like, clearly you didn't learn anything from being at Fenway that much about this city and its fans and its team, that you would even suggest this about a like. What are we, the Astros signing Roberto Ozuna? Well, well, here, here's here's the most important part of this this whole thing. Eddie Dominguez said, "quote unquote" in the book, I have zero evidence that David Ortiz even thought about about <laughs> gambling, let alone you know uh, doing the actual deed. Like he said I had no so proof, no point, anything bets, or had ever done so. And then right. he admitted to Kirk and Callahan that he has no evidence. That Ortiz even ever gave information. So literally, he's why, why bring his name up? Whose name can I use to sell my garbage yeah. excuse for literature? Honestly, yeah. it's an insult to the word book. Yeah, right. No, it's 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 disgusting behavior. Honestly, it's like and how can I get an extra fifty dollars here? Yeah, no. You no, know Ortiz is a big guy. I'm gonna write him down. And then yeah, he, no. also, he also said, like, I'm not singling out the Red Sox. Every team in baseball had similar or worse issues. First of all, I'm pretty sure that gambling and human trafficking are not similar issues because no. one of them is money and the other one is humans' lives being destroyed. So it's I'm a just human rights issue. Right. A little bit different. But also, if you're not singling out the Red Sox, maybe don't single out David Ortiz because David Ortiz is the goddamn Red Sox and will always be the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get it. I, I just. I really don't get it. Like, like. That's 2018. I mean, when Justin, you and I talked about this because you knew I was furious. Yeah. Hell yeah. I no, got and, goddamn David Ortiz pillow on my bed. So I. I, I yeah. I mean, for me, I have a. I have a. I have a, a World Series, a 2007 World Series David Ortiz signed jersey hang up on my wall. So like right. I'm I I am right there with you. I I think he's yeah, I got the jersey here. I brought like a lot of my Red Sox stuffs in Boston because it's like I'm gonna wear it to Fenway Park. So I didn't bring a lot of it with me. Yeah. Obviously, my David Ortiz jersey is in my closet just so I can look at the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But my but like the you know, it's like everyone's first jersey is David Ortiz, especially when you were a young kid and like around 04 and stuff. You always had that Ortiz jersey. I mean, yeah. Ortiz is still the the jersey that I see the most. Yeah, it's probably the most sold jersey. I I, I gotta say. I mean, I would I if I was a betting man, I would bet that that's the Him most sold jersey in in in, and, uh, and in Red Sox like history. The most beloved player, and like, look, this is a guy who, when he retired, 
was celebrated by every team in baseball. He, he came in second in a, in a mayoral vote in 2013 and for the city of Boston. Yeah. But like, if you did run, you would win. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I would 100%. vote for him for king of the goddamn world. I swear <laughs> to God. Dude, Ortiz I, for president. <laughs> I don't. I, so like, I don't know. Like just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the motive behind this. Like, I don't know. I mean, David, David did a great way of kind of, uh, kind of like, just like brushing it off. Just like he's done for anything else that anyone's ever said about him, um, in a very professional way. Um, and I mean, you know, you gotta love him for that. You know what I mean? Like he'll just say basically in a nutshell, Nope, it's not, not true. It's really like, you know, it makes zero sense first of all. And you know what? I'm just going to go about my business, do my thing. You know, and, and me me and Gabrielle were talking about this too. Like, you know, like everyone everyone has those those pariahs in their life, those bad people, you know what I mean? Whether they're drug dealers or drug users or or you know, uh something along those lines or gamblers or whatever. Case his gang friends. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like you know, like but it's like, you know, if I if I made money if and I'm now in the limelight. All of a sudden that, you know, they shouldn't be a problem. They're my friends. I don't associate with what they do, but, you know, they, I still keep them around because they're my friends. And now, you know, now everyone, just because someone is doing one thing, that means that I'm doing that thing. Like, no, that's that's what people don't understand. The, so, other, the other thing is, like, the, the whole point of this is, like, he's an intensely loyal guy, David yeah. Ortiz. He's loyal to his team like he took he kept making less money than he could have to stay in boston he's loyal to his friends he didn't leave his friends behind like the guy the guy in question was apparently like the guy who drove his kids to school and stuff he was trying to help out his friends by giving them jobs and giving them money right i that like like just because you're giving your friend a job does not mean that you are associating with the bad stuff that they do otherwise in their life. We should be applauding the fact that he's not the kind of douchebag who becomes famous and like shuns the people that came up with him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's he, the legit definition. Trying to like help people who needed help instead of like, it just drives me nuts. And the other thing is, you know, God, I'm just like so mad. It's just, I mean, it's just, and I said, because you asked me, you were like, do you want to talk about it on the podcast? And I said, and this is before, this is before he commented. Yeah. I said, no, because honestly, I don't want to give more publicity. And I wrote in my article, I was like, if Poppy had not commented on this himself, I wouldn't have even written this because it's such a non story. It's and a non story, exactly. So this man and his book are so not worth our time. And the other sad thing, is that, you know, he might have been trying to shine a, like, spotlight on actual issues in Major League Baseball. But he ruined it. And it's the, it's the same kind of thing as JD using a Hitler meme, you know? Your, your actual good intentions are lost because of the way you went about it. Like, oh, you came for David Ortiz. Guess what? Now no one's going to buy your garbage book. If Major League Baseball is actually doing something wrong, it's not going to matter because you dug your own grave by coming for the most beloved player in baseball history. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Uh, you played yourself. Like, mm. 
So, so yeah. what, whatever, if he gets, you know, a few sales on that, or there probably mostly be Yankees fans just to say that they have the book. Um, but, you know, I, sure I don't. Yankee stuff in there, too. Those slimy people, like, honestly. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't even care to know because obviously, you know, just knowing from that one excerpt, excerpt of the book, I don't need to read the rest of the book because it's probably all bullshit. Right. So, right. you know. That's the other thing is it's like if this, if like you're literally making such a story about something where you have no evidence. That's, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's foreshadowing for a terrible story. Exactly. Um, Anyways, I, just, I want, just yeah. So that's grabbing my charger. Um. So I kind of, I want to get into quickly this Astro series oh. real quick. Um. I, in my opinion, it's probably it's, it's a big series. It is a, it is a really big series. So you have the Astros who are fighting to stay alive and not stay alive in the division, but like they're trying to stay, they're trying to stay top dog in their division. Um, they have not had an easy time of it lately. No, no, but no, they, they really have a game losing streak at home. They all, but that, that is really weird. By, they got swept by the Mariners at home. Their, their home run differential is way worse than it is away. I don't I, and it's been like that all season. I've been looking at at run differentials for the entire season of every single I could probably tell you any run differential for any team at any point of the season. Orioles, the run, yeah. Oh my god, it's got to be like negative 1000. <laughs> Colorado Rockies. <laughs> that is, that is a question cuz they like don't have one. The Colorado are Rockies. They, are they still are they still a team? No one knows. They they're like they're probably like they're going to be playing in my uh, my local uh, rec league pretty soon. Um but the, the the Colorado Rockies, I don't I don't know. I think they're still in first place. They're in first place with a negative run differential. How the hell does that work? Can anybody explain that one to me, please? Easy schedule. I don't know. I mean, no, their division I just, sucks. I don't know. It doesn't even have to do with schedule. They're literally sucking and they're in first place. But I, I, I don't know. What's in their division? The Rockies. You got the Dodgers. The Rockies. The Rock- it's the- a very close. They, it's, uh, Dodgers are a game and a half back. Yeah. Diamondbacks. Two games back, Giants are 10, and then the Padres 23. They did the exact opposite of what I thought they were going to do once they got Manny Machado. I thought they were going to plateau, and they just they just dropped. They they no. literally got worse for Manny Machado. They they have, no, no, no. They were they were they were they were way worse than when before they got Machado and Dozier. They they weren't even being considered like for for first place. Now they're in the fight for first place. But regardless, Mets, we're getting off the topic. The Mets won the series against the Dodgers. They yeah. won. You out of three. Yeah. I was supposed to go to one of those games. Actually, the Mets and the Yankees have this have base. It's like a few games off, but it's basically the same second half record in just the second half. Yeah, it's 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 really uh, it says a lot. No, yeah, it's just terrible. It really upsets me. Um, But um, the Astros, so they're they're fighting for way more than what the Red Sox are fighting for right now. I, I feel like the Red Sox are fighting to. This is a very. Uh, this is going to be a statement series. Is these are going to be statement games. And the Astros are actually fighting to stay out of the wild card because they're in a really competitive uh, division too with the Mariners, yeah. um, the and especially the A's. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely pushing for that division because you know what, they are about as good of a team as anybody right now. Honestly. Well, the A's, are, the A's are beating the Yankees right now. It's eight to they're, two. They're whooping the Yankees. It's that game's got to be almost done soon. That's just sickening. No, nah, I know because it, it's like you know you obviously are never going to root for the Yankees, no. but after after Sean Manaya, you can't root for the A's either. So it's like you kind of just sit there and you're like, I want neither but, team. 
But the good outweighs the bad. I will root for the A's if they're playing the Yankees. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> I, like here's the thing, though. That. You want knowing knowing how fragile baseball is, mm-hmm. and how quickly things can turn, and how especially with the rivalry. Yeah. Would you rather face the A's or the Yankees in the postseason? Athletics. Really? They're too young. They they have no not a lot of postseason experience. They're way too young of a team to even do much. Sox are I mean, yes, we got no hit by Sean Manai early in the season, but at the same point, that's one game. I, I highly yes, doubt it he could... us against them. It affected us against them the second time we faced them yeah. too. And it really messed with us with our other games after that first because we were 17 and two. Yeah. And and that was the catalyst for a bad a, one of our worst stretches, not that we've had that many. I mean, we still it wasn't, haven't even yeah. lost. We still yeah. haven't even I, lost four games in other, a row. Knock on other wood. Red Sox standards. Yeah. But it's it's more yeah. about the psychological thing because if you think about it, the Sox the Sox swept the Yankees, so that's a big confidence. Like, I mean, first of all, you have David Price winning the series finale in yeah. extra innings. You have Porcello complete game against the Yankees and you have a series a four game series sweep not even three you got a four game series sweep and you have the fact that Joe Kelly beat the crap out of Tyler Austin <laughs> not on the team anymore but the point is it was just great versus the mental damage that the Oakland series did to us going from 17 and 2 to being no hit for the first time in 24 years and 364 days I but- would I would rather face the Yankees in the postseason for that exact reason. You have confidence going. Not, I mean, we'll see because we're going to face them again in like two weeks in next week. Yeah. yeah. But right now, as it stands, I would rather face you know Gary Sanchez than face a team when you know Sean Manaya is in the building. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, but I mean, at at the same time, yes, confidence is huge. But if if all right, say if I'm Alex Cora. And I'm looking across the diamond, and I see the Oakland Athletics. I see a bunch of young guys with a lot of power. I see a bunch of young guys who know the game. But at the same time, they don't know the a level of intensity that the, a postseason series has. They're not prepared. A lot of guys on this team don't either. Here's, here's the thing. And, here's, here's, and, I mean, considering how badly we sucked the last two years in the in the division series and the fact that we didn't get past the division series – the mental thing plays. I mean, look at how hard Cora worked to get us the win today. Yeah. Because he knows how detrimental the bad vibes can be to a team. I mean, it's unfortunate nowadays. There's so much sensitivity. I mean, we we treat these players like we handle them with kid gloves. I mean, Babe Ruth every night used to go out. He'd play the game. He'd go out. He'd get wasted. He eat an entire steak. Show up smoke for the some next day. Smoke his yeah. stogie. And then everyone gets a trophy. Nine, and then pitch nine innings. Yeah. Here's here's now some here's some things. Oh no, my allergies. Two innings. <laughs> I'm so tired. I can't play for three weeks. And also, I need a new massage therapist in the clubhouse with me at all times. Here's some things. Here's, here's some here's some things to 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 factor in. Okay. So you got Sean Manaya, right? Sean Manaya is 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 not going to play for the rest of the season. Okay. So you got that. On the other hand, you got to take out the bias of us, you know, dealing with the the out the the outlash and the uh, you know the the what would what would Yankees fans say if they beat us in a series? So you got you kind of got to take out that that bias as well. 
Okay. Now, for me, who would I rather face in a series? I it's got it's got to be the A's for me. For 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 the only the only thing is is because you know in the playoffs you could potentially have Judge back. Okay, you could potentially you know Gary Sanchez could go on one of those September stretches that he that he went on in his in his rookie year, and uh, I th- I believe he did it last year as well. Um, so you know. I mean, the A's have an amazing bullpen. I don't want to face the A's bullpen, but the Yankees also have a very good bullpen when they want to be good. Okay, um, you know, and I'm just kind of like outweighing Has here. Judge picked up a bat yet? He picked up the bat, uh, like oh. quite literally. I know, like because he there was there was a video of him walking around with a bat in his hand. I don't think I don't know if he was doing anything with it. Okay, I don't think which hand? Which hand? I'm okay. Fine. Has Judge swung a bat yet? No, I don't okay. think so. I don't think so. Not just yet. But it's it seems to me that if they haven't opted for surgery yet, there's still a chance for him to come back. He did swing the bat yesterday. He swung a bat yesterday? Yeah. Well, as the last podcast that, that we did, he uh, he was swinging the bat. So, okay. So so he's he's starting to – but you know what? Like here's the thing. I feel like they might be rushing him back. And you know what? Like I can, I we can, we can ask. We're gonna have, we're gonna have Joey's McFly on. Uh, I believe next week sometime. It's gonna be right before the Yankee series. Um, so so keep a lookout for that. But um, you know, we can ask him. He'll probably know. Um, but you know, like they're gonna be a complete team when we face them in the postseason. If the, if we see them in the ALDS. So you know, I, just like I don't. To note that as of yesterday, <laughs> Stanton was four for his last forty three. Yeah, no, he's 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 hundred million dollar man right there. Yeah, no, he's having a really hard time. Um, but you know, I, I mean, as far as who I'd like to who I'd like to face more, I I don't know. I mean, I I don't want to face either one. I just want to get a buy. Honestly, that's that that'd be that'd be great. But uh, you know, yeah. I I think I think the A's honestly. Um, because you know what, another thing you guys got to factor in too is that. Yankee Stadium come postseason time is I do not I do not want to be there. Okay, no. they were under they were undefeated last year in the entire postseason at home, and yeah. it is a it is a different it is a different a- atmosphere when you're there. It is an intimidating atmosphere, almost as if you know it's it's kind of like how Fenway could get, but Yankee Stadium has like twenty thousand more people that could do it. You know what I mean? So. You know, I, I don't I just I don't know. I don't I don't want to I, I don't I don't want to think about it. I'm scared, guys. I'm scared. But, I'm very you know, anxious, honestly, I am. I mean, especially Me the last like. Two weeks or so where it's like they're doing all their scoring in like one inning or like two innings. And it's like the yeah. other because it's like the thing is, those innings don't happen every game. Right. They're right. not being consistent. And you those, can't that's not supposed to happen. You can't go from winning, you know, 11 to one to then losing eight to zero. And they were doing that last year too, where it was like, they either would win these spectacular games or they would get totally blown out. And the consistency wasn't there. And in the postseason, it's this elevated, smaller sample. So you need consistency. You need at least one run because it's just, the other thing is it's like, there's that hump of scoring that first run. Cause I Mm -hmm. feel like once you know, you can score, it's easier. Once you get on the board. Right. Once you're on the board, it's like just 
like Brandon Phillips today, he was so key because mm. it's like he scored that first run and it's like the mentality. It's so, so much of sports is mental, especially I feel like with baseball because it's such an endurance. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Exactly. Going through that long game. Yeah. So it's yeah. like knowing that Brandon Phillips had already put that boy. It's like, all right, you already know you can't like, you already know the Braves are not super good defensively. Clearly it was like so many weird moments in that game, but like, yeah, you already know you can score on this team. And knowing that you go into the eighth inning, you put up six runs, crap load of pinch hitting five back-to-back hits. You tie the game in the eighth inning, Brandon Phillips again in the ninth. It's like, and it's like you want you really have to wonder if he hadn't scored early in the game, they might have just totally deflated. It might not have happened. Yeah. I mean, like me and Justin were talking about a while ago, like as soon as like we found out he was getting called up. He he's an asset to this team on the field, off the field. Like he's the total package. He's an asset as in he knows what's going on in and out of this game. He can help every infield of the Sox have, regardless of age injury proneness anything and then just just to watch him play on the field like you, you haven't seen the pop in his bat like that in a couple of years like right. he's been completely rejuvenated as a player and that's something you want to see because you know i know gabrielle knows anthony knows we all know he wants another contract next year he's yeah. gonna earn it and this yeah, is no. his time to shine this is the way i mean you know what honestly he he had 60 rbis last season and no one wanted him I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. DH the guy. I, I don't understand. 19 home runs I think he hit last year. I mean, Mookie led the Red Sox with 24, and the Sox yeah. finished the season last in American League in home runs. So it's yeah. like, I mean, you give people a chance because it really can't be worse than last year than being mm-hmm. the best team in a garbage division and then getting blown out the second year in a row and looking right. so dead in the postseason. That it's almost shocking that you made it there at all, which is really what last year was. Because I said, I said in the summer, I was like, they don't deserve to be in the postseason. I wrote a whole article. I was like, look, this team is not, they don't have it. I was like, just because the rest of the division sucks worse than they do, there's always that division. You know, look at the Braves. The Braves are the best in their division. Their division's like, eh, whatever. It's not there just yet, the, the, the division, yeah. Once you get to the postseason, Whatever division's there just by virtue of being the least terrible, whatever team is there by the virtue of being the least terrible, quickly they're done. And that was us last year. And honestly, three years in a row, I don't think I could take it. No, and we, that, we, that we deserve it. Yeah, no. Especially this year when it's like we actually are the best team in baseball. Yeah. We've got 97 wins. And we're the only team under 50 losses. We have 44 losses. We've been uh, – what were we, out of first place for like five minutes, basically? We've it, been in four was, Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's nothing in, cool. in, in a baseball season. Yeah. So it's like, like said, we have something to fight for, and that's a dangerous yeah. combo. Yeah. Um, real quick, Gabrielle, are you going to a World Series game if they go to the World Series in Fenway? <laughs> Not answering that. It's a dumb question. Okay. Kyle? Uh, I'm getting a refund from school, so if we're a World Series bound, you bet your ass I'm dropping a grand on some tickets. I am using all the money I have in my power to go to a World Series game. I'm um, selling my kidney. I don't care. I'm just kidding. Live, live I'll, BSC I'll be, podcast I'll be, I'll be there, I'll be there with Series. my mentor. 
Um, but for anybody that wants to go to a game this season, next season, for seasons to come, use SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best app ever ever created in the history of apps for anything ever. Okay, go see Taylor Swift. Go see you know a concert. Go see a sporting event. You don't have to use it for just Red Sox when they go to the World Series. Okay, you could go go see uh, go, a w, go see a WNBA game. Just the point is, use SeatGeek. You get twenty dollars off your first purchase um, when you use the promo code BSE. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Implement that. Um, SeatGeek is the best app ever in the history of the world. Uh, and you know, that's yeah, all that yeah. needs to be said about that. Uh, BSE promo code twenty dollars off your first purchase. Go do it now because I told you to, and I love you. Um, hey, World yeah. Series. We all go to the same game. Live BSE from the World Series. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'll be crying the whole time, either happy tears or like anxiety tears. Either yeah. way, just like a huge mess on camera. But uh, luckily, this uh, this is audio only, so beers I'll just, on. Kyle. I'll just sound like a disaster. I won't look like one. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a hot mess. Uh, oh, yeah. I've been a hot mess the entire season. It's like, honestly, <laughs> I was actually gonna ask you guys this real quick because I was thinking about this a lot. Yeah. I feel like as Red Sox fans, we will never be satisfied again. No, because, probably not. But I mean, since, and I was thinking about this, and it's actually not even this season. It's like since 2004. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. 2004 was like the most incredible World Series when we're ever going to have. Yep. 86 years, yeah. come back against the Yankees, walk-off wins, incredible pitching, Pedro, Damon, Manny, World Series sweep. Low, Folk, Poppy, yep. World Series sweep against someone, against a team that had destroyed us in one of those cursed year World Series, you know, with Pesky and Pesky yeah. being there. Like the feelings, the emotions, this, like the healing, all of it is absolutely exceptional. Like there will never be another World Series like it. I mean, 07 was amazing because we had a great team. Maybe 13. the best, maybe talent wise, the best team of the three. 2013, amazing because of Magical. the bombing and the magic mm-hmm. and whatever. Like, we were destined to win that. But yeah. 2004 was just, like, the pure luck and magic of baseball. That, like, that's what happened to win us our first World Series in 86 years. So, it's like, first of all, like I like when we were talking about, you know, if they tore down Fenway, you'll never be able to recapture. You can't bottle that and sell it. You'll never be able exactly. to recreate that feeling. And I feel like 2004 is the same thing. But also, like... This season is ridiculous. We're 97 and 44 and it's September 5th. Yeah. We've got like so many incredible moments. Like it's going to be such a letdown next year if we're not this good. And it's like how but like how you can't be this like this is exceptional. How are we going to be this good? Well, <laughs> I'm just like the- I'm just like oh my god, like I want this season to be I want to live in this season forever cuz it's just yeah. so phenomenal and everything after this is going to be like oh but like remember last year when we were 17 and 2 like (laughs) it's a cliche that will definitely help heal this i guess is all good things come to an end well no so okay hold hold on hold on on. no we're not we're not talking about the end make baseball a year-round thing let's do it well i mean like we got the team we got the assets we got the players like let's win five in a row hold on we're we're not we're not talking about the end the end is not near Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. I'm in deep, deep denial that the end <laughs> exists. 
because I don't know what I'm no. going to do with myself all winter. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, I we're I'm we're going to podcast. David, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna podcast once a week about yeah uh, i don't know uh, about we'll, how depressed we are i'll get i'll get boring yeah. real quick i'll just be like yeah. yeah so i watched fever pitch for the 375 <laughs> millionth time guys and guess what his shirt is slightly unbuttoned in this but not <laughs> we've all the ran thing out is, of booze by then <laughs> I, the thing is is that i i i don't want to compare uh, you know but i'm gonna say that the core that the Red Sox have right now, and yes, I am including Jackie Bradley Jr. in this core because he is very important. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you don't, I don't care what he's hitting. You know, if you don't realize that he's not important in this core, in this team, in this franchise, then you're stupid. Honestly, I mean, I'm sorry that it's just yeah, no, you, can't talk, you can't talk to people like that because he's probably the best outfielder in baseball. Yeah. 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 Um, but shut up, you gold gloves, but. Anyways. When you when you when you have when you have a core to build around like you do, you got to remember how the Yankees had the core four, okay? And this is it, it's very similar. None of them are pitchers. I mean, if you want to include Eduardo Rodriguez, I, who knows how he'll pan out? But you know, I mean, yeah, it's very similar. We didn't even talk about that today. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh my God. No, I know. And we 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 actually we we touched up on about it a little bit uh, on the last episode. Um, but I mean, it was he was just incredible. I really hope that he can keep it up. But I mean, you know, when you have a, a core to build around like the Red Sox do, uh, you know, it's it makes Dave Dombrowski's job a lot easier. You know what I mean? You you don't have to worry about outfielders. You don't have to worry about infielders, uh, you know, less. You don't have to worry about as much as you do outfielders. But the point is, it makes his job easier. He knows who he needs to get. I hope because. Uh, another bullpen guy would have been nice, you know, so hopefully he learns uh, for next year, but I'm, I'm not going to tell Dave how to do his job. So um, my point is, is that we are really did a good job in terms of his, you know, yeah. yeah. Brandon Phillips, Steve Pierce, uh, Ian Kinsler. Yeah. Even like new, you know, Nunez last year, like look how look Nunez has 10 homers on the season. Three of them were in the last week and a half, including back to back nights. So it's like, you know, I mean, I really would feel so much better if we had another reliever. But I'm also glad that he didn't go out and just get someone for the sake of trying to get someone. And, like, mm-hmm. openly admitted, he's like, there was no one we were really interested in. Because yeah. it's like, yeah. you know what? How many times have we seen this team go and spend money for the sake of spending money? Go out and sign someone times. so that nobody else will get them? Like, look at the Hosmer thing. Could have had Hosmer. He went to the Padres for eight years, $144 million. Mitch Moreland is having a better season than him. He's making six and a half mil per year for the next two years. He's a great guy. Everybody loves him. And he's and he comes through with a good RBI almost every time, you know, he's he comes up. And he's a right. great glove at the corner. And he's a great glove. And it's yeah, like, all right, so thankfully Dombrowski is not, you know, as desperate as Ben Charrington to just be like, oh my God, the Yankees want him. We have to have him. We'll give you whatever yeah. you want. Oh boy. Ben Charrington yeah. was something else, man. <sighs> Well, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think Dave still has a lot of success to attain in this in in the future. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's done a tremendous job this season. Um, you know, and I mean, I, I think we have a lot of good years ahead of us. We are very fortunate and very lucky to be watching Benintendi and Betts and Bogarts and and even yes, Jackie Bradley Jr. play. 
You know what I mean? So it, it, it really it really says a lot, you know, to where we're headed as a as a as a as a as a franchise, as a as a fan group, as everything else. Um we we talked for a lot tonight, guys. Any uh I mean we're, yeah, I'm gonna wrap this we gotta check the Yankees before we uh Oh yeah. So we'll, we'll get it. Top of the okay. nine. They're losing eight to two. Uh, yeah, so they're. I mean, the Athletics are probably going to use like their seventh best reliever. Which, if he was on the the Yankees, he would probably be their best reliever. Uh, that their bullpen is just that good. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's Daniel, looking like they're going to lose. Yankees lose. It's looking Daniel's like they're going to lose. One four. Yeah. No runs. No RBIs. Oh, look at that! Right, Reggie Jackson is at that game. Actually, speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> also, really um, sad that Andrew McCutcheon's a Yankee now. I know I, he's like one of the one guys like you just want to root for. Now it's just like I, you know, I like today was Roberto Clemente Day. Yeah, and just announced. Yeah. The, uh, which also, I was going to say, we should talk about the fact that Brock Holt is a spectacular human being and really deserves. He's great. I, yeah, I, the guy's been the guy's been doing j- the Jimmy Fun stuff since he came to the team in 2013. He's been a co-captain since 2015. It's actually really funny. Last year, do you know who his co-captain was? Who was it? You. <laughs> Oh, I wish. <laughs> you just got so excited, Justin. Jesus. You're, you went like from back here. You... Sandoval, you guys. Oh, oh my oh, God. <laughs> but no, Justin went from like, was it you? I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like not him. Um, no, last year he was co captains with Pablo Sandoval. But anyway, Brock Holt has been doing, has been co captain, or now he might just be the right, the only captain, but he's been a captain of the Jimmy Fund since 2015. He's been doing work with them since 2013. The Sox have been doing work with the Jimmy Fund since 1953 when they made them their official charity, actually, after the Boston Braves moved because the Braves were the ones who used to work with the Jimmy Fund. And when they left Boston, the owner of the Braves asked Tom Yawkey to continue the relationship. And that's when Yawkey announced that the Brave, that the Sox, official charity would be the jimmy fund and for like 50 years he he had said he didn't want advertising on the green monster because there was a lot of advertising the first like you know 20 some years that he owned the team and before he owned the team but he said i don't want ads on the green monster i want it plain right the only billboard that he allowed at fenway park was the jimmy fund billboard for about Mm -hmm. 50 years and everyone's been with like all all these great Sox players, you know. Willie, well, Williams was with the Jimmy Fund before they became the official charity, and he continued to do so. Yaz in the dream in the Impossible Dream season actually had said, "If we win the World Series, which they obviously didn't," he said, "If we win the World Series, we should donate a full player's share of the money that it, you know, which would have been something like five grand." to the Jimmy fund. So like very intertwined relationship, but Brock Holt has really gone above and beyond because he created the Brock star, um, like ticket experience where basically every Tuesday game that they play at Fenway park, every home game on a Tuesday, he invites a patient and their family to the ballpark as his guests. He gives them like some kind of gift care package, gift bag present thing. And he hangs out with them during batting practice. That's so cool. Not to mention, of course, he does all the telephone, all the telephone stuff and has been doing it since he joined the team. And it's just really one of those things where you love to see a Red Sox player not only embrace being a teammate, but being like a a representative of the city of Boston and a representative of the team that he really is going so above and beyond 
to do his part to make every fans like, you know, cause it's like, it's very easy to like play a good game, make the fans happy just on the basic level of like a win is a win. Yankees lose. They, uh, yeah. they lost. Oh, lose. 99.5 game lead guys. How you feel? Yep. Plus my, not, my, to my, not to mention Brock Holt just did an interview with Nesson about like battles with like anxiety and stuff like that. And that's huge because people like, they personify like athletes and like very famous and like successful people as oh they're, they're rich they ain't got a problem in the world. It, it's it's so much better when you get like athletes talking about mental health issues because like it ju- it just makes things more open. And that's what yeah, we the need. same way Kevin the same way Kevin loved you know talked yeah. about having that panic attack last year and um, yeah. the guy the guy from the 2013 the Cardinals guy who was thrown out stealing a base remember. Um, Oh, Wait, uh, are, you about, are you talking about Colin Wong? Wong? He got picked off, right? I think. Yeah, yeah he got picked off. Yeah. He got picked yeah. off to end. By Koji. Yeah. By, yeah. Um, anyway, so, but the point is, you know, to see Brock Holt really making an effort to yeah. have even the fans who otherwise maybe wouldn't even be able to get to the ballpark because they're too sick or, you know, they can't afford it. Um, or just like it's hard for them because, you know, these are cancer patients. For him to really be like making an effort to give fans who need the extra attention and like that was just his own thing he's like i just want to do more yeah and I, I i mean obviously it's really special that ball players make this effort like david you know, the only two red sox players to ever win the roberto clemente award are wakefield and poppy back-to-back years only two though and they've been doing the award since the year before Clemente died, it was called something else. And then they renamed it the they year after it. in honor of him in 1973. So in the 40 plus years that they've been doing it, only two Sox players have ever won. But I just think it's really special that he's been doing it all these years and has amped up his participation with the Jimmy Fund as the years go on. Instead of like doing it, you know, really strongly at the beginning and then kind of fading away, which a lot of people do, he's only gotten more involved. Yeah. Yeah. And you really see how much joy he brings to the families. And I just think it's really special. So if you if you guys out there want of um if you if you want to check out the Jimmy Fund, uh it, you can find them on Twitter at the Jimmy Fund. Um you could also go on the interweb, uh Jimmyfund.org, um, and you can make a donation if you'd like to. Um and you can so, also vote for Brock Hole. Yes, you could do that as well. Vote, vote for open, I think, because today vote. was day so i think as of today you can now vote for your team's nominee every team nominates someone obviously we're team hold over here because we're red sox nation and he's amazing and uh you can do that and the yankees lost so it's you know honestly pretty good freaking day because uh ending on a great note yeah um so yeah i mean they lost by a six-run deficit we came back from a six-run deficit (laughs) It's all in the stars. It's poetic. It's just yeah. Beautiful. So and today, actually, now technically, it's September six. So six, six, six. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Evil <laughs> bastards. So uh, <laughs> I just want to want to end on a great note here. Uh, great show, everybody. Um, if you want, check us out uh, on iTunes. You can check us out on Spotify. You can check us out wherever they they do podcasting stuff. Uh, just search up Boston Boston Sports Extra. Uh, on your podcast also you could say and my 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 alexa is going to go off but you could say alexa um you know you could say uh because she she's listening um 
Yeah, but she's boss. listening, Justin. I know, I know you're right. Well, are uh, creepy, bro. Creepy. You could, you could, you could ask her. Uh, you know, play Boston Sports Extra, and she will go to the latest uh, episode. You could also do it with Siri. Um, so check us out. Um, you know, we're all over Twitter. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, hope hopefully you guys uh, rate us, subscribe us, uh, love us. We love you, and uh, we'll catch you next time, guys. So uh, on that note, peace out, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.